0: A new season of 24 is here, but where are all the 24 fans? They're over on Facebook. Go join them now before time runs out. It's the best 24 Legacy fan club ever. Check out 24LegacyFans.com and take part in the best 24 Legacy fan experience. 24LegacyFans.com. That's 24LegacyFans.com. S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an organization that both
1: exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now.
0: It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. It's not every day that a television show that you're watching weekly gives you so much to unpack. Unpack is a very interesting word, but inside this most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there is a lot of content, a lot of character interaction, a lot of perspective, and most importantly, a ton of detail that we'll be able to share with you during this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. A complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. This time, Season 4, Episode 21, The Return, here on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
0: Nick, some quick housekeeping. Perspective reviews aplenty. In addition to coming up with a new Facebook presence specifically for... Perspective Reviews. We're going to be relaunching the RSS feed for PerspectiveReviews.com, which is uh, just another way to say that all the shows that do perspective reviews inside of our cone of two guys talking... Those are all actually going to live in one specific spot all on their own. Ah. And all of that is coming. We want all of you to go check out PerspectiveReviews.com. That'll take you to the front end of that new Facebook presence. That'll allow you to like the newest episode that is a perspective review, but also to enjoy all of the perspective reviews as we relaunch those online, both at the Facebook presence and also at the new TwoGuysTalking.com website. Again, that's PerspectiveReviews.com. The Voice Farm. All of you that are listening have been enjoying some great voiceover work over the last, jeez, I can't believe it's nine years now. But the last nine years have yielded you a whole bunch of great voiceover work. Whether it's myself, whether it's the gentleman across the way from me here, Nick, or a bunch of other people, the bottom line is that you've been enjoying the work of voice farmers. uh, Which also leads me to my next request. Those of you that have ever thought of jumping into voiceover work, or have been told that you have a unique voice. And remember, not every voice needs to be the voice of God. We just need you to have an interesting voice that can yield perspective and read script well. (laughs) But I'd love for you to go check out the new Voice Farmers website. Again, that's voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. If you're interested in either becoming a voiceover artist yourself, or if you're a business looking for effective, affordable voiceover, that's voicefarmers.com. Nick, enough of the housekeeping, it's time to dig hard as we return back to the reviews of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. inside of this episode, Season 4, Episode 21, The Return of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center.
0: The word unpack and its connotation in regard to this episode. Nick, I remember being about four and a half minutes into this episode, and I sent you a text yesterday when I was watching it uh, via streaming service, and I said, there's so much to unpack inside this episode, how can you possibly only watch it once? Because mm. seriously, in, within the first four, maybe five and a half minutes, there's so much that you already have thrown at you. I I, I can't imagine being a person only watching this episode once.
2: I watched it only once. Did you? Yeah
0: Okay. Well, just be, I was overwhelmed that day when i was when I was trying to watch it, but just so much happens, especially right at the beginning of it that there, I, I there's to watch a it lot the shoved
2: time. into this episode. yeah.
0: yeah, there's there's a ton inside of this. But that word unpack is something I want you to pay particular attention to inside this episode because it really does ironically fit this episode. The difference between what was and what is. This is when I know a product, whether it's a television show like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or a feature film like The Matrix, which I also had to see multiple times before I really knew what was going on. I think it might even have been a whole year until I was able to put the scope of what The Matrix film was Mm -hmm. under my belt to get it. Mm. And that's coming from, uh, I was 25 when I saw it. Right, yeah, right. So I wasn't an idiot, and I, I, I had a good advent of the world. we we just gotten married earlier in the year. And so I, I, I knew the world, but to get what was being showcased there, I didn't get it immediately. I mean, like, not at all. Mm. And what this episode is wonderfully able to do is, we've been watching these characters now for, the end of this episode, it'll be five episodes, for five episodes inside this cone of the framework right right and coming out of it was it was very strange it's it's it reminded me very much of being the, the confusion that neo might have faced when finally realizing that oh my god I'm a battery inside of this giant machine and that the life that I've been living as a programmer is actually just a big ton of nothing and it's not so much the despair that you had there but the confusion part that I definitely had when we had May and Colson come out of their Frameworkness in the beginning of this episode.
2: I actually had a different reaction to that because it didn't seem like it was jarring enough for them. Where Daisy and Gemma are concerned, they had their memories. They knew what was going on. They knew they were going into a digital world, blah, blah, blah. Colson, May, Fitz, Mac, and Mace all had brand new lives. There's even a bit of dialogue in this episode where they where they say, "Oh, so it's like waking up from a dream? No, it's waking up from another life. life yes, you have the memories from both lives, mm-hmm. and you have to cho- I guess you have to decide which one's real. Mm-hmm. Well, they know which one is real. This is this is real. You don't get enough disorientation from Coulson and May like you do from Fitz mm-hmm. during this episode, and that's the. That was the one thing that I actually really didn't like. Is there should have been more disorientation. Instead of the whole, oh, I'm I'm Colson. I've gotta I gotta play it coy because she's asking May's asking questions about what her robot self did. And I don't wanna say that uh ooh, we opened the bottle of Haig and we kissed and we did things. Ah, I wanted it to be more troubling. And and maybe for Colson it was okay because he did have that the wave effect, because he had old memories, he had the new memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Okay, we can write that off for him. May should have been more upset.
0: I, I'll give you something else about May's interpretation, especially right after she gets out. I don't know if all of you remember or not, but May was down for the count for a lot longer than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that she doesn't suffer from any physical defects because of that. It's kind of a rub, only because I know that, like, if if even if you just sit in a bed for a week, if any of you have been severely sick or been hampered and had to be in the hospital for a week, even when you're just that and don't get up a lot, just when you stand up the first time, it's incredibly disorienting. Right. And that's maybe that's a piece of what I was missing is kind of what you're referring to as well. Uh, But but remember,
2: she was on the floor in the previous the end of the previous episode Mm -hmm. when she was trying to take the shot. Yeah. Trying to take the shot at. Ada Ophelia, whatever you want to call her. Yeah. She was on the floor. I was like, oh wow, okay, yes, that makes total sense because she's been in the framework for weeks yeah. now. Yeah. But then, you know, we start this new episode that starts right when the previous episode ended. Yeah. And well, now she's on her feet and she's walking around. She seems to be walking around just fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't care for that. What I did like out of this whole section this whole section was being Unsure of what what they were talking about was, in framework or out of framework. That I think that's paid off wonderfully. Yeah. The teleportation factor. All right. So after the few next few couple of times that this happens, we can clearly see that it's a teleportation effect. Right. Very much like the gentleman that we've had previously in the program, Gordon, uh, but also Nightcrawler. Uh, it is that same dark wisp. Mm-hmm. The difference is that it looks like there's. At least I know ori- originally there seemed to be way more lightning or unnatural lighting effects inside, especially the first one where it, it, it looked like uh, shocks of lightning also appearing inside of that kind of wispy, smoke, nightcrawler, tail-esque right. wisp. But clearly inside of this episode, over the times that you see the transportation effect, was well, clearly a transportation effect. It's not something goony that's going on. However, we will get to Goonie later on inside this episode for sure. Down by the Sea. This is a gorgeous setting after Fitz and Ophelia slash Ada slash whatever we're going to call her, human woman, uh, transport down by the sea. This entire series of interaction here is incredibly well done. Mostly because it reminds me very much of many of the scenes inside of the matrix that I'm still enamored by to this day. For those that have forgotten, the matrix came out in 1999 Mm. and so much inside of that movie. It does pay homage to other films over the course of cinema time. There's no question,
1: Mm.
0: but the groundbreaking nature that that film provided, not just in cinematic beat dumb, but also in concept I think was also incredibly, incredibly rich, and I think that this scene actually gives us a lot of hallmarks that are the same note from the Matrix, but inside of this character set. I think it's very well done. The perspective of Fitz. We talked about inside of our episode twenty review how we really did appreciate how Fitz was not only guilt ridden but the overall perspective that he was able to take after immediately coming back in from the framework and that it continues into this episode is something I really, really like. Yes. That it's not just this instant the cobwebs have cleared and now he's... Oh, I'm I'm all better now. Yeah. Yeah. So glad I got a peck on the cheek from insert character. I'm so much better now. And we don't get that we get so, get something longer lasting and as we get through the entire episode you can see that this is something he's going to have to deal with for a long time
2: yeah there is definitely going to be ramifications emotionally for him personally but then the whole gemma <laughs> the the this gemma situation how how can you remain close to somebody who's seen you at your not not your worst but your absolute darkest I mean, no, this this, well is, this, this, this wasn't well just... And, and that's what we see in this episode is it's not Fitz re- wrestling around with his mirror-mirror version. This is in me. This is who I could be if pointed in certain directions. Yeah. And, and that's scarier than just an ul- an evil alternate version of yourself.
0: Yes. And what I really appreciate about what you've unpacked there <laughs> is this. That is exactly why I like this series of episodes more than i like anything that i saw inside the matrix mm. doesn't mean that the matrix was worthless it just means that what they've shown us here while very matrix-esque right i think goes deeper than what you see inside the matrix mm. The coming back into what is reality is going to be so much more devastating than it, what you'd actually see inside of what happens inside the matrix right even if you consider the next two films so, I, again, I think the perspective of Fitz Showcase here is not only just a great nugget that they're carrying it over to yet another episode, but that I am absolutely certain that that's going to carry over across at least another half season, if it's renewed, yeah. inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I love it. Uh, I love where they've taken Fitz throughout this entire episode. There's a couple of other times that we'll talk about it, too, but I thought that it was great. The attitude of Fitz... This is actually meant to be discussed later on in the episode, but I figured it was fitting that we just got done talking about the perspective of Fitz. The attitude of Fitz in here is also something that I wanted to make sure we noted because the toughest battles that one has with oneself are when you know you are in a true battle with yourself.
3: Mm.
0: And there's no bones about it here. He's in a battle with himself. He's not in a battle because he was shoved into something because of Ada he's already jumped past all that as we get to the end of the episode and realizes that there is something, as you said, a deeper, darker anomaly that he can't put his finger on, but must put his finger on to try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that we're able to get that inside of this episode, along with all the other stuff inside of here that's packed along with it. That's some great writing and super attention to detail because one of the things that we'll talk about inside of some of these other points today is How quick all of this could just get lost in the milieu of, hey, here's something else. Hey, here's some more. By the way, while you're thinking of that, here's some more. That could all get jumbled along in here and get completely lost, but it doesn't. Right. The Russian losing face. Now, for those of you that have forgotten, the things that I'm packing along in here to unpack for you, I don't think we're five and a half minutes inside the episode. Seriously, I think that's when this happens with the first Russian android losing his face, literally. Yes. With the shield, which I thought was wonderfully done. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the kind of thing that I want to see. Look, if you guys are going to take us to 9 o'clock, if you guys are going to paint the deeper, darker picture of what's happening, not only inside of the framework dark reality, but also inside of what is now the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. realm, paint it dark. Yeah. And they do. Everything that you see here is incredibly face forward. Haha. And I love it when the show does that, and I don't want it to stop.
2: Well, it's throughout the entire episode, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is the first of many very well-done pieces, especially with a character that I I know that you were totally unenamored with anything the Russian was doing in previous episodes.
2: And honestly, I still am, mm-hmm. but at least now he's more interesting because there's multiple mm-hmm. of him, mm-hmm. and we still don't know what his... Even at the end of this episode, we still don't really... Understand what his evil Russian plan is. But yeah, he's fun. He's got the accent. He's got the vodka. And he's got plenty of evidently spare bodies to <laughs> go around.
0: Thank you for sparing us a drowning scene across the board. I don't have any problem with drowning scenes. I think that many of them have been incredibly effective, especially in cinema. The Abyss is probably the most raw drowning scene that there is in cinema history. And it is the golden drowning scene, in my opinion. The drowning, the dragging limp body, the coming back up through the moon pool, the resurrection moment, all of it is, it is golden cinema. Mm -hmm. It is how you should, if you have any intention of doing drowning across anything, go look at that movie and you're done. Right. But I'm so glad that we didn't get anything in the way of a drowning scene inside this episode. It, it, it would have been a natural go-to for peril, and we didn't need to bother with it. So kudos to the writing staff. How electronics are impacted by water. I don't know that I have to share anything tawdry in regard to stories about water and electronics, but... Everybody knows that very few electronics, with maybe the exception of any of your new smartphones, don't react well when they are interacting with water. Mm -hmm. And so I have to wonder, how is it that the harness, the helmet, all of the wires, the bed, the anesthesia system, and then the actual framework itself are impacted by water inside of this episode? Because apparently there is no impact
2: dark hole technology that's the pill of disbelief you have to you have to take for this mm. it's dark hole technology
0: where are we something that uh, and again i i can't quite put my finger on it except that i had to watch it a couple of times is when they meet the general mustache again and general mustache has has the walk-along three guys that are supposed to be the front end of a very small army that they're commanding. I don't remember what was going on that the building blew up and killed Mace. I mean, I I don't remember that.
2: No, 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 no. Okay, so this is what happened. Before they even get back to the base, Mm -hmm. they're watching the news. Yep. Talbot is on television denouncing the members of S.H.I.E.L.D. that have gone quote-unquote rogue. Rogue and they have found Mace's body all of his bones have been broken so they're blaming that on quake because it's a quake effect all the blah 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 it's all it's all a setup because remember when Gemma and Daisy escaped the shield base Nay blew it up and killed all of the LMDs
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's that's the destruction
0: mm. okay
2: and okay since they found since the russian planted the body so that it would wash up on shore for the government to find and hammer home more that daisy especially daisy has gone rogue again they want all of the blame to be pointed towards anybody who is aligned with agent quake mm-hmm. that's why when mm-hmm. they do get to the what is remaining of the old shield base and Talbot and his men show up. It's you know it's all of you off, all of you robot you know. asses down on the ground. You know I'm not listening to any of you. Blah blah blah. That's what happened.
0: Interesting. I guess that. and Would the fix be that if I can use my quake powers, then I'm not a robot?
2: One would think that. Okay.
0: Well, and I, 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 and maybe that's the piece that was missing. I don't know. I, again, it's that it's that strange disorientation piece that was at the front end of this episode. And I, th- I thought that initially it was because of how much stuff is unpacked at the beginning. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The pace of this episode in general. I think as I was typing this out, I'd actually like to use this later inside the episode. But when I thought about that, it doesn't really matter when I tell you this inside the episode. The fact is that the the pace in this episode is just so far off the chain. I I don't know how to describe it. That's how much happens inside of this.
2: It's very... I don't want to say that it's jarring that things are happening so quickly. There's there's very little downtime. And when there is downtime, it is filled with... I, I really don't want to say it's filled with exposition... But it's filled with moments that you have to pay attention to. It's
0: connective tissue. To
2: understand what happens to certain characters, Mm -hmm. Ophelia, Mm -hmm. later in the episode.
0: Yeah. And uh, connective tissue is another piece that I love to tell people that we make inside of the Two Guys Talking Cone of podcasting because it's true. We are taking all of these things and we're building connective tissue between the things that we see, but it's because of the connective tissue that's disclosed during the episode viewing that we're able to grab the connective tissue to share with you guys. So that's very well said, Nick. And I think that's exactly what's happening inside this episode is that there is no piece of the episode where something isn't being shared as information. Mm. There isn't just a long, dashing crane camera shot for the sake of having a long, dashing crane camera shot. It all has purpose, and I, I really, really enjoy that. Revisiting the word unpack. As we start to get deeper into the episode, especially between the Ophelia slash Ada slash whatever the hell we're calling her, mm. fits relationship, the word unpack begins to deliver a completely different connotation that adds on to the already existing connotation of the word unpack. And I love that. I love that something as simple as the quote dumb comic book series on a Tuesday night can give you something as deep and as thread-filled as what we see here as a tapestry conveyed to an audience. I, 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 I marvel at that.
2: <laughs> marvel like that. Now, when you keep you keep using the word unpack, and it makes me think that uh, this this episode has baggage. There's a lot of things for this episode to unload, and actually we talked about pacing earlier i kind of think that the events that happened in this episode should have been spread out more where you're unpacking i think we should have taken some time to unpack slowly instead of just dumping it all out on the bed and going ah, i'll get to it later because now you got everything all over the place and you don't really understand what's going on some of the times.
0: I agree with that. There's two, there's two episodes missing inside of this season in general because instead of having what is a traditional 24-episode season that is delivered for a network television show mm-hmm. prior to the previous writer's union strike of insert name of year, whatever it was, mm-hmm. well, now you get these little pieces, chunks of here's your 12 episodes. Here's your 12 episodes. And thankfully, somehow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been able to get the 22 episodes it has for each of its seasons. But that's what we're talking about here, is that if this was spread over yet another episode, where instead of just 43 minutes, it's spread over 86 minutes, Mm -hmm. I think we're looking at something completely different in regard to pace for the episode that I know I wouldn't be so inundated by.
2: And that's what we actually got the last two seasons, remember? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the end of season two and the end of season three. Mm, yeah.
0: They Especially released three.
2: both episodes the same night, so you got a one-two punch for your season finale, kind of a mini-movie for your mm-hmm. season finale. Yeah. And that works beautifully.
0: hmm
2: It doesn't... It, it's not working here because they're not doing that.
0: Yeah.
2: This kind of... It it's almost felt like this was, oh, crap, we have one episode left, and there's a lot that's going to happen in that one episode. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. got to zoom by all of this... To set up that last episode.
0: The peril of sleeping characters in a storyline. I think I'm only briefly going to bring this up because with the pace inside of this, Mac sleeping throughout the episode was almost completely unfelt. Except for the fact that Mac is not awake and doing something inside this episode and you and I know it. Right. Didn't really make any difference at all. But the sample I want to lean and share with all of you is that inside of the most recent season of 24 Legacy, the next reiteration of 24 on Fox, not starring Jack Bauer, inside of one of the episodes, in fact, one of the, it was the same, it was the the penultimate episode, the episode before the end, inside of that series, you have one of the major characters out for the whole episode unconscious. And it was incredibly impactful inside of that, because especially you're on the episode before the whole thing ends, and there is a definitive peril that you can get by not having a viable character, especially one like Mac, awake and interacting with people. Now, the difference is that you and I and the audience that are listening know that Mac is actually interacting with people inside of the framework. Right. So it doesn't make any difference, really, what what we're talking about or doing, but that is a piece that we need to make sure we keep definitely on top of, uh, top of mind as we begin plowing through, especially to the end of this episode.
2: And that's the that's the important thing. There was so much going on that once the rescue of Mac was taken care of, really there was no time to worry about Mac after that. Mm-hmm. We talk about Mac. There's there's conversations regarding Mac, but Mac as a person, nah. Eh. We don't, we don't see him again. We don't see his, his sweet, angelic, sleeping body until the end of the episode again. So maybe it's a good thing that the pace was so fast-paced. Because then you're not thinking, hmm, I wonder what Max's doing. I wonder what he's dreaming about. I bet him and Hope are, are watching Chopping Mall again.
0: The mechanics of the holding cell equals simplicity. Now, not so strangely, I don't know how I packed these two things right together. But just as when I asked, what is the solution to electronics and water interacting? It's so complex. How could this possibly happen? And you go, oh, dark, hole technology. This holding cell is exactly the same way. And that where you say to yourself, "Okay, well, how on earth could the holding cell hold somebody that teleports? And essentially the answer is because it did previously, period, paragraph. Yeah. I love that. I love it when a show can have that ripped from it and be a solution, and then you move forward. And that's where, again, I go back to the wonder of what the writers are doing because they have painted it and they continue to use it.
2: Last season, we made a lot of comparisons to the X-Men franchise of comic books Mm -hmm. in comparing to this show. So I'm going to go back to it. Look at the X-Men comics. When they wanted to suppress mutant powers, it started off with a collar. Mm Mm-hmm. You had to wear you. The the bad guys put a collar on a mutant. Yeah, can't use your powers. And then the technology advances to where, oh, well, now we have this cage area of effect, and this area of effect. No, you're in this area of effect. Guess what? You're just a regular old human now. You can't do squat. It makes sense to me, being a comic book fan, to where I don't have to think about it. It's like, oh, oh, we have a containment unit. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, and again, it's. It speaks to being able to use the sets and the stuff that they have in tandem with great writing, good pacing, and the ability to push the story along inside of an episode. Right. Really, really good stuff. The -the off-the-rails moment inside this episode. Now, typically when I refer to the -the off-the-rails moment, I don't know that I've ever referred to anything inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is off the rails, mostly because that's traditionally when I really disagree with something. Mm -hmm. In this case, I'm talking about when Ophelia goes off the rails inside this episode, where she has a very hard break with reality because, of course, her entire reality revolves around Fitz, and Fitz's affection, and Fitz's only affection for her. Mm. Not anymore. And I love this scene where it is an instant switch that gets flipped and all the gloves come off instantaneously. If you thought the episode was speeding fast and furious previously, this just kicks it up ten notches. Again, the actress that plays Ada slash Ophelia slash whatever we're going to call her, total kudos to her for pulling off just being a human, for one. Because what you can see completely, especially as you watch her as the original Ada LMD incredibly tight incredibly composed incredibly intentful inside of that inside this episode there's a whole lot of intent but it's absolutely bridled by emotion inside of this case right and i loved it i absolutely love this scene
2: well i'm just going to spoil it for everybody uh this is going to be what i talk about in depth in my dossier towards the end of this episode so spoiler warning So all I'm gonna say about it right now is, while watching it, I hated what was happening. I thought it was way too cliched, until I really started thinking about it. Instead of looking at it as, wow, that was quick, that escalated quickly, I had to actually think about it. I I started thinking about it more along the lines of, I'll I'll use any excuse to bring up horror because, you know, two guys talking horror. Woot woot. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Think of Frankenstein's monster brought to life. Now, in the original novel, slow to start, very has to learn how to move and how to speak, but then eventually becomes very articulate. He actually has a brain in there that can feel and understand. That's exactly what we're getting here. This is a brand new life form that is experiencing these emotions for the first time. And like I said, I don't wanna get too far into it, but after actually thinking about it, this is the ultimate example of the internal feeling of betrayal, heartbreak, despair, and everything. Just brought out by this brand new life form who happens to have evidently
0: multiple powers. Mm-hmm.
2: Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Here, it essentially, what it reminded me of, and I mean, just glimpses of it, but uh, last year was the first year that I got my now 13 year old daughter a cell phone. She had always been good about it, but after the first three or four months. She obviously didn't understand that it is a privilege for her to have a cell phone. Right. As opposed to, Daddy, where's my cell phone? Because it's Tuesday. Where's my cell phone, Daddy? Okay, well, it became very clear that she needed to not have her cell phone for a period of time to understand that it was a privilege. Mm-hmm. Well, taking her cell phone away, it was very much like this. <laughs> because it was something that was completely expected that was in the cone of its mind my own and nothing else will pass. Okay, well, I'm not kidding. It was very much the same. She would have none of it. That would not be the way it works. And that's what it reminded me of here. It reminded me very very much of from zero to 85 miles an hour in the matter of seconds, because it was for my daughter too. I love this. It felt incredibly real. And again, when we're looking at the the lifespan of Ada slash Ophelia, she is a child. Mm-hmm. She's only just been there. And this is the very first, though, albeit incredibly minuscule, rejection. It is rejection. The value of the holding cell later in the episode. Again, the writers have painted a wonderful holding cell that works just fine until it doesn't. Right. And you don't need to have an explanation for it, it just does. And Again, I love that Uh, speed past the things that are going to make you have a a brain speed bump moment and you'll never lose. It's when you either try to explain it and it's stupid or you hold up the story to try and explain something for no other reason than we've got to explain that when in reality you don't. And it's very well done.
2: It's also as simple as the holding cell negates a power. Your ability, it's been negated. Well, the thing is, is that up until this very moment, nobody's ever had multiple abilities. And that's, and there's your explanation. That's how Ada gets out. She has more than
0: one ability. Mm -hmm. Well, really, the answer is because she can get out. And I'm absolutely okay with that. Because, again, as we see her character grow into something we knew nothing about, I'm fine with that. I have no problem. And speaking of more than one power... Wait a minute. More than one power? And what is that power? Nick?
2: She's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie.
0: The ability to manipulate it, you think? Or to generate it, or both? Maybe.
2: All of the above? None of the above? Who knows?
0: Again, I I didn't even think of this until just now, but I need to go back and look at the original BAMP thing, because I called it electronic bamf, and I think it's because I saw electricity inside of it. Mm. Okay, well... Maybe that's why, because she also can manipula- manipulate slash generate her own electricity because of residuals of who and what she is. Possible. Yeah. I, and I love that we can contemplate and think those things, and it might actually be true, because writing. That's why. hmm Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts about exposition inside this episode. I almost want to just wait for your dossier, but I guess we'll jump into it now. <laughs> your thoughts, and we'll ask the audience when we're done, too, but your thoughts about the exposition and how it's shared inside this episode.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that it was bad because mm-hmm. uh, exposition scenes for this show are never bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always entertaining. They're never It never feels like, oh, well, uh, let me settle back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get, yeah. get some, some three, three minutes of exposition here, yeah. and uh, I'll try to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Please do not put me to sleep. (laughs) I've never had that problem with this show. Me either. They've always... Sometimes they even sneak exposition on you and Mm -hmm. go like, oh, wait, I just got some knowledge dropped on me and I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the problem is, again, like I said earlier, is there's it's moving so fast. So much is shoved into 43 minutes. And sometimes... Sometimes you miss stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could totally understand the need to go back and rewatch this episode. Uh, uh,
0: Nick, multiple I'll, I'll, times. I'll, I'll be honest. I need to go back and watch it again. The, right. Again, the glory of wonderful Two Guys Talking Chemistry Said, is you, you've already spilled knowledge on me that I need to go back and look at. Hmm. But I know that by the end of the episode, I'm going to need to go back and watch it again. Right. I think this is the first episode that I can remember ever that has made me need to do that. And it's definitely because of how much exposition is delivered in here that is either tethered to previous episodes mm-hmm. in particular previous episodes before the framework episodes yes cuz i'm i don't consider myself a forgetful person but i know that i have a very a much shorter shorter term memory mm-hmm. especially in regard to television episode viewing than i do having the ability to to drag from one episode to another especially over a period of time yeah So I definitely get that. And that's actually where we ask you guys, what did you think of the exposition and the amount of the exposition inside this episode? Season four, episode 21, The Return. Let us know what you think by going to our Facebook presence. Again, you can find that over at facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Click inside of any of the threads that are there or start your own and let us know what you thought about the exposition used inside this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who didn't think Yo-Yo was going to go back for Mac?
2: The thing is, is that this episode moved so quickly that I didn't realize Yo-Yo wasn't around until everybody else realized Yo-Yo Yo wasn't around, around. Yes. and then you all get that light bulb moment of like,
0: "Oh my god, oh, going back!" Yeah,
2: that's what she's doing. Yeah. Because we could have totally used a little yo-yo power.
0: Absolutely. And especially when she's used – there is a piece inside this episode where she's used where I thought it was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Daisy begins to provide a piece of exposition, and five or six words into the exposition, she's already gone, done what needs to be done, and is back and now ready for the next order. Right. I love that. I love that. That is something that has definitely either been ripped from another episode or another series or another property. Uh, but I love that I I love that when that happens where as soon as the needed information is there it then happens and it's because we have a speedster inside the team love that I absolutely love that and I I knew she was going back the instant she knew that Mac wasn't back Yeah. so it was a matter of course of when but because of the pillow fight that happens with with information Mm -hmm. inside of this episode you just don't even think about it until somebody says hey wait a second where's Yo-Yo? And it was glorious. I thought it was great.
2: And well, the, the only the only issue that I took with it was she's gone in completely unprepared mm-hmm. with nobody watching her back. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to – she doesn't have the frame of reference to be able to deal with what she's about to experience. And, of course, we'll see that in the final – in the season finale. Uh, the The big question will be, will she be able to convince Mac – to give up hope and return to the real world? Or are we going to lose two characters to the framework and not bring them back at all?
0: Well, and really three, because they've delivered a wonderful character inside of the completely hope non-existent a, a ho- dead-in-real-life character, life character yes. Hope. Right, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which actually brings us to... Immaterial, but can one just slap on a helmet and jack back into the framework? I'm not looking for the glorious scene where we see the first time that Neo jacks back into the Matrix when he knows he's actually in reality. Right. Obviously, we're not going to get that because there's simply no time for it inside of especially this episode. But is it that easy where you slap on the helmet, you lay down, and from your laying position, you can now push whatever buttons with no knowledge at all and simply be jacked back into the framework where everyone else is?
2: The only defense I can give for if you say that, dark
0: cold or dark chocolate, I'm throwing up dark
2: cold technology. No, it, well, Yo Yo was right there <laughs> when Daisy and Gemma put themselves into yeah. the framework, so yeah. she would have seen how it was done. And again, and that was if you remember the the uh, flashback scene at the beginning of the other episode where it said ten days earlier. Mm-hmm. So 10 days, 10 days ago, 11 days ago, let's say just under two weeks ago, Gemma and Daisy put themselves into the framework. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Yo-Yo is a, a stickler for detail, and she remembered everything that entailed to do that. Or it's as simple as putting on a helmet, laying down, and pressing a button, and then you go night, night, and woo, you're in the framework. I, I Again, I don't know. There's no real defending this particular point. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't be that easy.
0: Right, right. Well, but I, I, maybe it is yeah, that and, easy. And again, I'd led with it's immaterial, which it really is, but it's something I was definitely thinking and wanted to share. How many Russians are there, slash, will there be? Nick?
2: I guess as many as they want, which I kind of thing is a little, it, it's really, really, it's cheating. You know, there needs to be a definitive number. Because what are they doing? Just cranking Russians out left or, and right?
0: That and where are the, like, the materials to make them. Where are those materials actually coming from? You know what, though? hole technology. Have a great night. Finding a way to the fight at the end of our next episode. I had mentioned the whole unpacking quandary to another friend of ours, our friend from perspective reviews aplenty, especially the Marvel stuff's Kip Lewis. And the first thing that he said was, I can't wait to see the fight. And I, too, cannot wait to see what is unfolded inside the next episode, which, again, is the magic cherry on top of every Sunday of every single episode, which is you can't wait to see what happens inside the next episode. So kudos, man. Just incredibly well written, especially at the end.
2: Right. Because of... You actually going to say it? Are you going to say it? You're the one who brought it up. I think it should be you.
0: What is going to happen inside the next episode?
2: Oh, I, I'm sorry, Mister Wilkinson. I thought we weren't allowed to speculate on, on on two guys talking. No, I know exactly what's going to happen. All right, let's hear it. We're going to get a throwdown between Ghost Rider and Ophelia, the the mega inhuman. I mean, who knows how many more powers that she has? Yeah.
0: There, there's a there's a piece here that I absolutely loved, and it's. Just as the episode ebbs, it's a static shot where nothing is happening on screen and the camera begins to pan right. Mm -hmm. And what you see is the swirling circle begin to start and what is wonderful, and again this goes back to production design, overall concept theory for the entire Marvel series and making sure that there's continuity between the characters that you see inside of the general structured universe of Marvel. All three of those things unite to depict this portal that, dun-dun-dun-dun, Ghost Rider walks back through, returns back to the series, but everything that you see behind him is easily lifted out of this episode and put directly into what we see inside of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It is, a, it is a piece of what Marvel totally understands, needs to happen, and must happen, to help paint this whole universe. And it is a wonderful scene. Uh, what we also get is something that we talked about previously that we love seeing, which is the throw the throw the chain over the shoulder and it instantly wraps around in a moment. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly appropriate. It's totally Ghost Rider. And it leads us, if not drags us, into the next episode.
2: Very, very true. This is also the greatest example I can ever give to a comic book cliffhanger. This is something that you would see on the final page yeah. in the final panels of an issue of a comic book. And, you know, oh, panel number one, you see the portal inactive. Panel number two, the lights start flickering and there's some activity. Panel number three, swirly lights. Panel number four, there's Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and it's on. Yeah. And you know, to be continued, you know that when you go and pick up the next issue, it's it, it will be on. Yeah. Ghost Rider is involved. But, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but in the same token, feels tacked on. Completely tacked on at the yeah. very end.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I don't disagree with that. I, I, I think what, again, what we're looking at here is it's yet another piece that is tacked on in that we don't have two more 43-minute episodes to pour content that would behoove him to come back in where there is something going on that is like somebody chiming a dinner bell right. in another in another cell in a prison and the inmates reacting to hey man what the hell is that let's go get something to eat yeah that's kind of or maybe that's what we got to look at it as I'm I'm, I'm I'm not sure my guess is that we're going to get some very short explanation slash short exposition from Aubrey Reyes inside the next episode before it has he, to be short yeah before he either ghost riders out or kicks ass or whatever. But we're going to get something there. Mm-hmm. And that's where it will feel a little bit tacked on because hey, we need to know why you're back instead of hey, it's the last episode so I needed to come back so for So great
2: that you came back right when we need a supernatural being to help. Uh, that's I think that's my problem. Mm-hmm. Had he shown up a few episodes before to where it didn't seem so Oh, well that's convenient.
0: The only thing I can think of is that because she's from Darkhold technology, you know there's resonating, yeah. vibrant activity inside of the, the Darkhold structure, mm-hmm. and so I must heed the chocolate yumminess of what the Darkhold provides, and I shall come back. Right. I mean, it could be that simple.
2: It but could be. Yeah. I, who knows? But
0: as long as it's something. And it's something else that we've talked about that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has continued, and I hope continues to do, is that when they need to just add something on, well, they do. Yeah. If they have something that is, again, that quick from Robbie Reyes or between a group of people that tack on to what Robbie Reyes begins saying to discern, oh, that's why he came back. Mm -hmm. Okay, We're done. That's awesome. That's good. As
2: long as it's not stupid, I don't have a problem with it.
0: It's time to take a needed break here during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We will be right back. 24 Legacy features a new hero, a new day, a completely new cast, but also tons of new 24 fans. It's time to participate with all of them over at 24LegacyFans.com. That's 24LegacyFans.com.
2: It's a situation we've all been in. Our younger selves, tucked snugly in our beds. Just as you're about to slip off to sleep... You hear a noise. What is it? Where's it coming from? From the attic? From the closet? From under your bed? Whether it's from books, film, music, or art, the thrill of being scared can be intoxicating. Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we dig deep into what really scares us all on Two Guys Talking Horror.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
0: welcome back to the agents of shield podcast complete detail and always educational review of each and every episode of marvel's agents of shield on abc this time season four episode 21 the return traditionally when we come back from break it's time to open up our shield dossiers Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers are where Nick and I find a very interesting moment, an actor portrayal, or something else inside this episode that trips our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got for this episode?
2: Well, surprise, surprise, I'm going to talk about Ophelia. What? Originally, now actually here's the thing, originally when when I walked into the studio today, I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Mm Fitz. But we actually talked about Fitz quite a bit. During this this episode lots review, of bits so bits of fits, fits. Mm-hmm. lots yes. of bits of fits. I agree with that. So, instead of fits, I, I I think it would behoove me to talk about Ophelia, because there is this this wide spectrum of, and not even just emotions. It's, it's if you watch the, the beginning of the episode, she's experiencing. The water rushing over her feet as her feet are in the sand. And she's just she's enjoying feeling the wind against her, her, taking, her it she's mm-hmm. taking it in. She's taking it in. And it really is one life form transforming into another. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an it's a robot who's all ones and zeros, all logic, all facts, all figures, into something that logic means nothing to right. logic does not tie into emotion whatsoever I mean talk to Mr. Spock mm-hmm. you know he will tell you that uh, highly illogical Jim and throughout the episode she's doing all this stuff to try to appease Fitz and then all of a sudden when Fitz tells her well, we'll, we'll no we're back home this is this is reality I still love Gemma and she loses it goes on a killing spree i mean sure she only killed four people three army people well maybe it was five three ar- i know they i know talbot lost three men and i want to say that the shield team lost two so still murder spree murder
0: spree mm-hmm. period yeah and mm-hmm. a
2: dark murder spree at that we see a gun to a soldier's head bang And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode. If you're going to do dark, keep it dark. And it stayed dark the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Goes on a murder spree, then joins forces again with the Russian to, I don't know, cleanse the world? We're so upset that I have to kill everybody? Everybody has to feel pain now? Like I said... During this episode review, I hated the fact that Ophelia would, just like a switch, just flip like that. I was like, oh, man, this is just so cliched. Ooh, the spurned woman. Oh, and she's got ultimate power, so she's going to use it, and everybody's going to pay. But then I had to think about it. She's only been real less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And her whole reason for being real is to be with Fitz. Mm-hmm. and your whole reason for being tells you, it's not you, it's me. I, I, After thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I'd probably go haywire as well because uh, I'm sure you could be in the same boat. Throughout our lives, I have been hurt by others, and sadly, I have hurt other people. Emotionally, that is something harder to get over than physical scars, in my mind. I mean, no, I, I may be wrong. That. I agree with that. What started off being so cliché in my mind, really, this is this is uh, this is so poignant for her character arc when she was introduced at the beginning of this season. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in this final episode because in one episode we saw her love, we saw her empathize, we saw her sympathize, we saw her experience the joy of saving a life. And then we see her feel despair, heartbreak, betrayal. And she actually has the power to do what all of us, all of us human beings, have wanted to do when we've been hurt. We want to make everybody else hurt. Well, guess what? She can
0: actually do Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm.
2: And that's terrifying.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the lashing out aspects of what's happening here on screen are not just devastating, they are world-devastating. Because what other powers is she harnessing that yeah. we don't even have any concept of yet? Or is there? Uh, again, the question marks that appear with her as a, a now already established villain, mm-hmm. but now even a very scorned, angry villain, I think are a giant attribute to what's going on inside the story. And again, this this last battle, this, this throwdown that Kip was talking about that she'd also alluded to are just immaculate territory for story writing. Mm. I can't wait to see where it goes. Inside my dossier, I think I've got to bring out torture. There's something particular about characters that are tortured, regardless of what it is. More importantly, regardless to what level it is. I'm not talking about there being a tortured character where you see somebody shoving a knife into their arm and carving on them to make them feel pain or get information. Right. I'm not talking about someone that's hung upside down so as to have blood rush to their heads so that instead of passing out, they'll give information. I'm not talking about torture where somebody that's hanging from chains in a ceiling gets water poured on them and then is jacked to a car battery to torture them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are tortured. And something that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been presenting to us for a long period of time that I don't know that we've actually acknowledged, but I want to take my dossier time to do it here, mm-hmm. is this episode. Because across the board, if I'm not mistaken, we have incredibly tortured characters. Oh, yeah. And it's something I don't know that we've actually recognized. We've, we've talked about the drama. We've talked about how the storyline is painted well. We've talked about how... The chemistry set of what we're talking about makes the episode more appealing, yes. But I don't know that we've actually talked about how each character is a tortured soul. So let's just start running down the list. Let's start on the bottom with the youngest member of what we've got here. Uh, We could say that it's Ophelia, but let's go with Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo runs through a tortured life as someone young, then runs through a tortured life as someone young who is powered. Mm-hmm. Then runs through the life of where she's got to try and fit in as a team member. Able to do that, conquers the ability to learn English and then becomes who she is. So she's already through that. But now she's got to deal with Mac essentially not wanting to come back to her because of the overpowering torture of what well, he gets to say with his dead daughter. I don't know how much torture ridden it could possibly get right. for her. Except for maybe at the end of this episode, well, where the, the, she's strapped to a table being tortured. Well, and you also have to think, Daisy even told
2: her, he doesn't remember you. So it's not like he chose yeah. Hope over her. Right. It's, I don't remember my life with you. No,
0: right, right. And all So that's all,
2: even more torture. It is. It's, it's, instead it's, of him just brushing me off to live with this fake daughter that he never had, it's, he doesn't remember me at all. So yeah, that's that's an, an another level of torture right, right there.
0: And I don't even know we got to run through the rest cuz we've just run through incredible torture with our only with the youngest character. Dude.
2: The thing about it is that if you've been watching this show from episode 1, you've seen how all of these characters are tortured. Yeah. Some of them started off not being as tortured as mm-hmm. uh, really you can make the argument that every individual is tortured in some way shape or form. You know, I'm a tortured soul, you're a tortured soul. The levels of being a tortured soul are completely different from character to character Mm -hmm. to character. Mm -hmm. And when you have a show that actually continues to be a great show with great character development, you can see how some characters were tortured and how they deal with it day-to-day or become tortured because of this, that, or the other thing Mm -hmm. and learn to live with it, move past it, or overcome it. Mm -hmm. The, The whole tortured thing can be summed up into one sentence from this episode. It's from Fitz. When Ophelia is telling him about, the only thing that I did was I changed the fact that your father wasn't in your life. So, you know, now that was the only thing in the framework that, that I did. Everything else just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And Fitz realized, I'm just like Grant Ward. In the framework, he came from an abusive home that made him make different decisions with his life that led him to be the second-in-command of HYDRA, just like our Grant Ward came from an abusive home that led him to trying to find himself through violence, which led him to John Garrett, who molded him into the greatest double agent HYDRA and S.H.I.E.L.D. has ever known. And becoming one of the greatest villains that this show has ever had
0: Mm -hmm. i i kind of go back and again my overall delivery for this dossier is torture Mm. and that we can get it so regularly that it's consistent so regularly and that we continue to want more of it because it is so consistent and regular it's just wonderful and it definitely deserves a place inside my dossier collection inside this episode that's where we ask you guys, what do you have inside your dossier for this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website, that's agentsofshield.tv. Click on the contact button and let us know what you think. It's time for the rating for this episode. Season 4, episode 21, The Return. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. The coup de grace, what you definitely want to see. A one is down on the bottom, something that I don't know that we should even have a one anymore in regard to the great writing we've gotten. Basically, Every- it should
2: just go from seven to ten.
0: <laughs> Everything starts as a seven, in the middle as average, the numbers go up with positives, the numbers go down with negatives, and Nick, there are no Habsies. Nick, what do you got?
2: I know we had an aberration last episode where we rated the show a nine, both of us rated it a nine. Which doesn't necessarily always happen, and I know why it happened. I, we we have decided, I, I, maybe consciously or subconsciously, to be a little bit more critical on this show because it is so good that when there is something wrong, it doesn't. It needs to be called out. Agreed. Definitely needs yep, to be called I out. Agree. Where this episode is concerned, and and we've talked about it in this episode, was the pacing. Fast because it needed to be, or was the pacing rushed because they had to cover so much in so little time? Right. And and again, it may be another, yet another reason to go back and rewatch the episode. Uh, again, there were feelings that I had during the episode that I was like, oh, well, that's just stupid until you think about it mm-hmm. and it changes your mind. Oh, wait a minute. Well, you know what? That wasn't stupid. No, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll totally give them a pass on that. Mm-hmm. Normally, I know what I'm going to rate this show when I walk into the studio before we even start recording. That was not the case this week. Because there were things that I, and we, but I, complained about. There was no scathing, white-hot hate for any of it. Right. It was more just picking on little things that kind of went, Huh. Because when the pacing is so fast, you're going to notice the tiny little speed bumps when you do hit them. Does this show deserve to be chastised for that? (sighs) I don't know. I I honestly really don't know. I want to be critical for this show. I want to be critical on this show because it's so good and I demand excellence when it comes to my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. This is not my... My little, this is not my turn off my brain and just enjoy. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. This is tied, directly or indirectly, to a comic book universe that I have been absorbing since I was in the single digits of life. Mm-hmm. This is something that is important to me. I mean, th- there are a lot of other things in the world going on right now that should be important to me, and some of those things are. But guess what? My comic books, my fantasy world—that's important to me. And when you, when you poo-poo on it, I'm going to have an issue. So I have to rate this episode a nine, because again, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to the pacing, whether you want to say it was fast-paced or rushed. I think there's, there's a middle ground somewhere between fast-paced and rush that this episode falls on. I don't know what that term is. Maybe we have to create that term. But that's where it fell on. It, it, it almost seemed like we're telling our story, we're telling our story. Oh, here, more story, add more story onto that because we don't want to deal with it in our final episode. Because that's all for the big confrontation that we're gonna get. That we hope well, I mean I hope that we're gonna get. I mean what what what's the point of bringing Ghost Rider back then? But yes, yes, I have to I have to rate this episode a nine.
0: Nine's a great number for this episode, and I think what I have to I think what I have to insulate my rating for this episode is that I need to watch it again. Mm. I you know, I I, I I can tell all of you all of the great things that I've said again inside of this piece of the review, and right. you can decipher whatever, but the fact is I need to watch it again just to get the cadence of what happened, how things happened, and how they all piece together. And I call that great media creation because i got to go back to it. Right. I, I, I didn't get- And this
2: would be your third time seeing This would be my third time
0: thing. running through. And so, you know, I'm not entirely sure if I'm just not paying attention enough <laughs> or, or, or what, but the. The fact is that I want to make sure that I've got all the puzzle pieces and it's, I don't need to have all the puzzle pieces because I think it's stupid Mm -hmm. or because I think it's lackluster. I want to have all the pieces because I think it's good. Right. And so I I will come back and revisit this, but I'm going to go with an eight inside of this episode. And again, not because it's terrible. No. Uh, We don't step down from a 10 because something's terrible. We're stepping down because... I actually think the rating is going to get larger when I have more light bulb moments after watching this episode in future viewings. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 4, episode 21, The Return. Return to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. website to let us know what you think of this episode by going to agentsofshield.tv. Click anywhere on the right-hand side. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe facebook presence immediately facebook.com forward slash shield podcast to be the first to be made aware of agents of shield news the arrival of our newest reviews and more the agents of shield podcast a super show for fans of superheroes uncover the mysteries critical information and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv that's agentsofshield.tv This top secret two guys talking communication.
0: Count down to goodness. We're set for the next Windows update that you've scheduled for 1:37 a.m. Would you like to enact it now? Yes no. or no? How about, How about no?
2: <laughs> you freaky deaky Dutch bastard.